shall pay. Black Prince, I curse you with my name. You shall be Blackula. Welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. Happy New Year, and I'm Sergio. Oh, it is Happy New Year. Um, also, this episode, I can officially say that I'm now Brennan Klein, intern at Blumhouse.com. Oh, hey. Good job for you. Congrats. Mazel. Felicidades. Guten Tag. Hola. <laughs> yeah, by, by the time this episode airs, I will have started. Uh, this will actually be at the end of my first week of um working as an intern at blumhouse.com which writes a lot of like horror n- discussion not so much news like mm-hmm. arrow in the head but um just you know think pieces and i'm very excited about that uh-huh. it's super cool and i'm happy to be affiliated yeah he's gonna be an insider people so yeah like but he will know the inside scoops but i will not because i decided an nda <laughs> exactly so I'm just going to be here, like, watching, I don't know, The Conjuring 5. Incarnate. They? No, they don't do The Conjuring. They do oh. Insidious. Insidious 4. And, like, I'm be like, <gasps> is this the part where Lin Shay finally dies? And he's already going to know, but I'm not going to know. And then we'll just be sad. I'm not sure how much they'll tell me as an intern, but I am very I'm excited joking. to be there. I'm just joking. Fooling Tom. Foolerin'. Great. <laughs> um, Senator yeah. from Arkansas, Tom Foolerin'. Yeah, my favorite. Um, but, yeah. This is actually the first week of our African American Directors Spotlight Month, and I'm actually I'm really excited about this month. Um, I'm this is also part of our donation drive, which we'll talk about yep. at the end. But we watched Blackula, and I'm very excited to talk about Blackula. Mm-hmm. But here is the plot of 1972's Blackula, directed by William Crane, off of my Scream Factory release of Blackula and its sequel, Scream Blackula Scream. Anyway. In 1970, African Prince Mamuwalda pays a visit to Count Dracula in Transylvania, seeking his support in ending slave trade. Instead, the evil Count curses his noble noble guest and transforms him into a vampire. Released from his coffin nearly two centuries later by a pair of luckless interior decorators, Mamuwalda... That's in there? Yes, it is. He emerges as Blackula, one strange dude strolling the streets of L.A. on a nightly quest for human blood. So much of, like, the film's, like, little details are in that thing. Yeah. In the description. It's weird. Yeah. Usually you'd say, like, he was unleashed. Yeah. A a pair of (laughs) interior. Uh, We'll get to them. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, as always, we rate the films we watch on scariness, campiness, FX, and quality. And let's start with scariness. This shouldn't be very long. What's your scariness rating? Um, my scariness rating is um just two lone fangs. Okay. The lone fangs. Screams. Yeah. That belongs to, to Dracula or Blackula, I should say. It, yeah. Because it's canon. They, yeah. It, they say it in the movie and they take it very seriously. Yeah. That was a really weird scene, though. Like, you like, shall bear the curse of my name and you <laughs> shall be Blackula. <laughs> yeah, he just automatically dubs him. That. I was like, that's kind of rude. Like, can ignore his birth name, Mamwalde or whatever. Uh, yeah, but also this is the Dracula who's super chill with slavery. He's like, it might seem inhumane to the slave, 
but it's fun for the white people. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, Dracula is such a dick in this. I was mm. surprised that he was actually a character in this movie. Yeah, I was surprised too. I wasn't expecting that. I was like, how are you going to fit this in with the canon? Like, is he just Dracula but black? No, he That's is, what I thought. He is black. Uh, Dracula's, I don't know, heir made apparent or something. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so. But back to my scare. Yeah, what rating. scared you about this movie? Uh, nothing, really. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, was I scared at all? No, I was. You jumped at one point, but I think that was one of my parents' dogs. No, yeah, because I heard so- like something entered the room and I wasn't expecting it to, but that wasn't was because like I was on pins and needles about what was gonna happen <laughs> next. Uh, I don't think anything was truly scary. I would say that it was unexpected as to maybe some people who died and some people who lived. I feel like I couldn't really predict that. Yeah, that um, was interesting. Uh, or at least it wasn't made obvious because these characters were so minor or just not really given. Li- I don't know. It's just yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Uh huh. Um, yeah, for me, I gave it one out of five screams. I, my feelings for this movie are very complicated. As a horror film, I think it's, I actually found it to be surprisingly solid mm-hmm. because this is a member of the black exploitation genre, and that's usually like a very campy, very silly genre, and it had those elements, but it was actually also a really solid film that had a lot of social themes and a lot of things that were interesting, but it still wasn't scary. Mm-hmm. It was a part of 70s cinema pre-Texas Chainsaw Massacre, pre-The Exorcist. Everything was very stilted. Um, and, you know, it's got that ketchup blood. And he's just, like, walking towards someone in the behind them in the frame. And it takes, like, two minutes. And then he just, like, nuzzles up to their neck. And then there's some, like, paint on his lips. It's, yeah. it's very cheesy. But I'm very happy that... Uh, like black actors and a black director got to make this movie because that's something you don't really see. And this is the rare example of a black exploitation film that is actually also like a very solid horror movie of the time. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's not scary. It's not, but it's the same as anything white people were making. Mm-hmm. So I respect that. Um, I'm into it. Good job, Brent. That's a really thorough analysis. I, know, there. I just, I, I'm so here for representation. Mm-hmm. And no, I agree with you. Like that'll affect my score later on in mm-hmm. quality. Um, but as for scariness, it doesn't really have an impact on it. Yeah, so just that era of filmmaking. It's a, it's a standard quality film for that time. For the seventies. Yeah. In the early seventies. Uh, yeah, I would say that's true because it was a pretty. I thought it was maybe even better than some of the other scary movies that I've seen. Not in terms of scare, but like again, that's going into quality. Yeah, uh, but let's go into campiness, which I'm always eager to talk about. Um, you know what? Let's both give our scores, and then we'll kind of do like a at the exact form. same time, like on a kind of three. Yeah, one, one two, two, three, four. Three. Oh, four. Oh, I okay, did four. Uh, okay, throw out throw out the thing that you thought was most campy about this movie. Uh, let me see. Um, okay, <laughs> the lack of attention to detail. What, okay, you kept mentioning this. What are you talking about? Like, they didn't really stay true to the lore of vampires. Okay, like what? he didn't have to be invited in. Yeah, like that, and then it bothered me um, how he knew that he wouldn't appear in a photograph. Oh, yeah. It bothered me that he knew what a photograph was because I'm fairly certain that technology wasn't around until like. Uh, yeah, he was imprisoned in a coffin in 1780. Yeah, and I think that wasn't around until like the early 1800s or like late yeah, 1800s around mid-1800s, there. Yeah, mid 1800s, I think. Um, 1800s for sure. Uh-huh. So it's like, how would he know what would happen? 
how would he know that his reflection wouldn't show up in the picture for one? And how did he know what that even was having just been recently released from this coffin? Well, he's a cool rockin' daddy, you know? Yeah, I didn't so much have a problem with that type of thing. Um, I just, this movie is such a time capsule of the Uh 70s. And it's so great. Like, there's this really long musical performance in this, uh, like, funk bar. That's on my list, too. I wasn't sure about whether to mention it. Like, what was the campiest thing? But that was a pretty fun experience there. Yeah, there's this woman who's dancing, and she has the the biggest smile. It's like a billboard on the front of her face. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just dancing for, like, what feels like hours. And normally, okay, no. You know what? I'm never going to say that I will turn down a musical number in any film that I'm watching. Uh-huh. But sometimes a really long random number of like a club band in a movie will frustrate me. But this one, I was there to watch that performance. I was mm-hmm. so pleased by everything going on. And just the 70s clothes. Everyone ha- – like in the beginning um, – well, there's you a – You really dug the clothes. That was – I don't know how that adds to the campiness. Does, does clothes count account for campiness? Uh, 100%. Especially in 80s movies when okay. people are wearing like big big hair and leg warmers we and stuff. We should see Mars Attacks then. Okay, I want to. But especially in the beginning, there's there's a, a gay interior designer couple who ends up opening the casket because they purchase like the whole estate of Count Dracula. Yeah. Um. First of all, I really... L- like, obviously this was an exploitation movie and the... Gay characters were not treated with the respect, shall we say, and they were very no. stereotypical. At least they were in there, though. I think it's... I don't know if I can recall a movie that I've seen pre-1980 yeah. where there are gay characters and they simply exist. No, that was really cool. Like, it really casually introduces an interracial gay couple in, like, the second scene of the movie, right yeah. after the credits. And I was like, all right, hello, I'm here for this. Uh-huh. Um, And they were awesome, and the... The dude had a big afro. Everyone had afro. I love mm. this whole style. Um, the the gay couple, their outfits were kind of, you know, they were tacky. Uh-huh. It's just like Peru. They were from or, the I mean, 70s. That was like normal. Yeah, like Nehru, Paisley, Lava what Lamp the heck type is stuff. is Nehru? It's the 70s. What's that? Is it like a poly? I don't know what Nehru is. Neither do I. I just keep using it, assuming people will know what I'm talking about. Look it up. What is Nehru? Um, it's in there somewhere. It sounds like Beiru, like that place that's somewhere. Or is yeah, that Bayru? Bayru. No, yeah, that's that place where there's like the hotel or whatever. Um, well, ne- J- Jawaharlal Nehru was the former prime minister or minister of India. Do I am I just saying this word and it doesn't mean anything? I think you are. I don't think so. Hold on, I can do it. Because I mean, they mentioned the dark continent, but they didn't mention India. No, a Nehru jacket is a hip-length tailored coat for men or women with a mandarin collar. Oh, did they have that? Probably. Who knows? Okay. I was wrong. I apologize to everyone. Um, it's in a Mandarin collar, so I'm assuming that's that Asian thing. Yes. Anyway, so I'm a We're dummy. just all kinds I'm of offensive during these like months. No. No. This is – whatever. <laughs> Never mind. But um, basically any of the outfits worn by women, like there's this plum outfit that's just gorgeous that the main woman With Tina her wears. Oh, yeah, she does wear, like, a Jedi hood cloak at one point. That was unexplained as to why she was speaking to the funeral director, like, indoors with a hood on. Yeah, it was confusing. During a wake, I guess. But I dug it. Their outfits were delicious. Their outfits were great. I'll, I'll give them that. Yeah. Um, and, of course, like most vampire movies, th- he meets a woman in the 70s who's, like, the 
she looks exactly like his lost love mm-hmm. from the 1700s. Luva. So he Luva. like, yeah, Luva sounded like love. It was very strange. Well, we were looking at reading it. Well, we were watching it with subtitles on, mm-hmm. and it's like her name was Luva or L U V A. Yeah. Like I always read it as Lova. Yeah, me too. Those are Lova. Um, yeah, speaking of, we had to watch it with subtitles because the dialogue mixing on this movie was terrible. It's a very low-budget 70s movie, so just everything sounds really tinny and it's kind of inaudible. So subtitles recommended. Yeah. But it's... I really, really enjoyed this movie. But there's one campy character we have not talked about. Oh! I know exactly who you're talking about yeah, now. The guy I who works in him. the morgue. I don't remember his name. Might have been Jeff. Hanson? Hen- yeah. Swanson? Like, sw- Swenson. It was Swenson. Or something like that, yeah. Yeah, it was Swenson, and he had a hook for a hand. <laughs> yeah. Just for no reason. And he it was cool. It wasn't like an equal opportunity casting situation because it was clearly a special effect because there was clearly, like, it was sticking out further than his hand would be. Mm-hmm. But he just had a hook hand, never addressed. Mm-hmm. He has no, like, sto- backstory about, like, a vampire ate his hand or something. Yeah. Oh, but that's, it's just so cool. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. I did like Mr. Hookhand. Oh, uh, he reminded me of the, like, the Nazi space doctor in Leprechaun 4. <laughs> I don't get that reference, but it reminded me of John Hamm's character in oh, 30 Rock. Oh, in 30 Rock, where he sucks. <laughs> or Buster in Arrested Development. He had a hook for a hand at one point. Yeah, a seal ate his hand in season two. A seal? Yeah. Okay. Not Lucille. No, I mom. thought you meant like Seal, like as in the musician. Oh yeah, that's how I want to know how I got these scars. <laughs> um. Anyway, it's just great. There's saxophone cop music. There's a character named Skillet. <laughs> yeah. It's just a wonderful, wonderful campy m- movie. It was. That it. was the highlight of the movie. Was the campiness and yeah. the over the topness. And Doctor Hookhand. <laughs> <laughs> I had so much fun. Okay. Uh, what's your FX score? I gave it too. Really, me too. But why? Um, because I thought that was pretty generous. I mean, because there weren't that many effects. Oh, again, I agree. I thought you would have given it one, like no doubt. Um, he turned into a bat at one point. He did. You saw him like like a freeze frame, like him stand still, and then like a bat appeared next second. Yeah. Um, and what was the second thing? I was liked... it his scary maggoty skull? No, that was actually pretty cool. I forgot about that. Um, it still keeps it to a two though. Like it's a less yeah. generous two and a more deserved two now. Uh huh. Um. I thought the opening credits were pretty. Oh, my God. I was going to bring this up later, That's but I'm so ready to talk to about it now. The opening credit sequence of this movie is like it's like a low-budget James Bond opening I was going to say, yeah, it's like a James Bond sequence. Yeah, it's like animated, and there's this little uh, – the title is red, and it turns into this little droplet of blood that starts like chasing around the screen. And then there's a little bat that's flying around, and um, the little droplet of blood turns into a lady, and the bat's chasing after the lady through the credits. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Ah, oh, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, that's good. That's good. But I'm going to give it two out of five eyebrows because um, the reason I give it two out of five is because while I found the design of Blackula kind of unappealing i thought it was really interesting he looked very like when he transitioned from being like a regular dude into blackula uh he became he got this really feral look almost like his eyebrows get really bushy and he has these weird sideburns that are like diagonal across his his face for when he was a vampire no it looked really weird but i thought it was kind of uncanny like i thought it worked okay 
just because he looked strange. I will say that he looks strange. I don't know, like, how effect. Again, I don't know how effective that is in, like, vampire lore. Well, no. Because it, it, it didn't really it, fit in It's to not me. a serious vampire movie. Yeah. Oh, and his afro turned into a widow's peak like Dracula has, which was oh, fantastic. Oh, really? I didn't even yeah. pick up on that. It was great. I just noticed the weird facial hair and the fact that he got, like, caked up with makeup. Mm-hmm. I do think that he should have been – I hate to s- say this, but he should have been more attractive, maybe, mm-hmm. because there's this – That's fine. We as society judge women all the time. You can judge men now. Feminism. Yeah, yeah. Gloria Steinem taught us that. Uh-huh. But the thing is, like – a big component of the Dracula mythos is this sexual compulsion that he has, like this magnetism over women. I have to tell you, like when we saw the original Dracula, I was like fawning over myself for Bella Lugosi. Okay, I I understand, but like he's like a count and he's all like mm-hmm. fancy looking or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but the thing is, he just he's seducing Tina, who's the reincarnation of his lost love or whatever, and she instantly is just like melted butter in his arms and mm-hmm. it's she's like in her 20s and he's easily in his 40s and it's just kind of a, a little too creepy for me mm-hmm. and if he was a little more like uh, he could have been younger or more dashing yeah look the i guess the age is fine because dracula is like refined he's mm-hmm. he's a prince in this one mm-hmm. um from africa and i just think well maybe it was because he was sweating 100 you know of the time what that guy who was in the office Craig Robinson? No. He replaced Michael when Michael did something. Uh, he was the manager. He's like a famous actor now. He was thought of to be the new James Bond. Idris Elba? Idris Elba. He was on The Office? He was on The Office. Okay. But yeah, no, that's a great example. Like an older man uh-huh. who could do it. He's dashing, just uh, tall, and Well, I mean, he's one of the most attractive men in the world, but yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, no, but that would have made more sense to me mm-hmm. about why she would instantly be compelled. You know what? You're right. I agree with you now. I, I mean, like, not like I disagreed with you, but something that really stood out to me that I would say was a turnoff was just how much this man sweat. Yes. I mean, that is indicative of, like, low-budget 70s movie making. He was constantly wearing a cape and four layers of clothes yeah. and makeup and the hot lights. Like, he was just sweating like a, like a... Like, like a, a glass of cold lemonade on a southern porch. Okay, that's crazy. I'm gonna say. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just uh. I'm I I see that a lot in the '70s movies, just like actors just sweating it out. Mm-hmm. But he was the only one in this movie, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like he was matched by everyone else. He yeah. was very like visibly much no, sweaty. You're right. Because there else. was there was Tina right there in front of him. Like he's supposed to be like seducing her. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like I can't really imagine a young 20 year old being seduced by a 40 year old in like four layers of clothing who's and just he's just got a flop sweat. sweat. Yeah. Like they have to wring him out after every shoot. Mm-hmm. Like they needed more powder to just cool dry him out uh-huh. yeah and especially because the the two female leads of this film are just knockouts gorgeous mm-hmm. and beautiful outfits all day it's tina and then her sister michelle oh michelle yeah yeah um yeah no let's let's move on to quality quality uh, i gave it three okay why did i Great. give it yeah three, three out of five unlucky ask. stars i do ask um i thought it was fun great I me too one. That's no like plain and simple. I thought it was fun. I don't think it was necessarily a good movie. Um, uh-huh. I don't know if it's something that I would revisit on my own. Uh, 
I thought it was much more lively than the original Dracula. Oh, 100,000. Without any shadow percent. of a doubt. I don't even know if I should say I thought. I should say it was more lively. Yeah, confirmed better than Dracula in 1931. Having said that, I thought that I liked the other Dracula more. For the time. For the time. I don't. Okay, that's fine. You Look, know how I'm weird like that. You are weird like that. I, can, I respect that because it's a classic mm-hmm. Universal Monsters or whatever. Um, I'm giving this movie four out of five on Lucky Stars. I loved Blackula. Mm-hmm. It was super fun. Like, it was fun. I think it had a variety of social me- social messages that I could appreciate. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a thing about how the police do a really sloppy job of wrapping up murder cases if it if the victims are black men. Uh-huh. Um, they I did appreciate that kind of commentary. Yeah, and they talked about slavery in the beginning. Um, they... Oh, man. Everyone was... All the white dudes were just terrible, which is great. There was mm-hmm. a cop that was friends with everyone and who was helping out. But the other cops were like, this woman shouldn't drive a cab. She's probably doing it mm-hmm. to, like, get sex mm-hmm. for some reason. Because, you know, there's mm-hmm. nothing hotter than just a cab driver. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I like no- that one line. Maybe that should be my commentary. Okay. Uh, well, the quote was, um, the going off of what you said, mm-hmm. when... The black detective was like, oh, uh, isn't it funny that cops just happen to lose case files or are sloppy when the victims are black? Yes. And then he's like, oh, yeah. uh, don't be silly. Uh, Bobby or, or Schaefer. Schaefer was white. Yeah, Billy Schaefer, the other character, was white. And he's like, well, that that couldn't be true. Whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like we said, the opening sequence is just superb. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I love the music. Like, it's this weird. The music was good. Mm, it's this weird. Com- it's it's exactly straddles the line between super cheesy and actually like genuinely good mm-hmm. at certain moments. Uh huh. Um. It w- it's not a good horror film. Mm-hmm. Like like I said, it's very stilted. It's very seventies. But as an example of that, it does that well. Mm-hmm. It's never scary. Mm-hmm. But the story is compelling, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it. This is. Probably one of my favorite vampire films. Yay. Now. I, uh, cause I remember our first month was vampire month yeah. and I didn't really respond to any of those movies, but this one really got me. I was like, he was chasing after Tina. I was like, Oh no, don't do that. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, I really, really enjoyed mm-hmm. everything involved. Probably in this because movie. this wasn't really a movie about vampires. It was more Not about so like, you know, a vampire and like black culture. Yeah, no, exactly. It was it was about black culture in the '70s, which is the type of story that I can mm-hmm. um, appreciate a lot more than just like, oh, I live forever. I'm sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, the finale is a little slow and the romance is a little wonky. But I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this film. Okay, Brent recommended mm-hmm. a Brent Flix original. Two thumbs up. Two severed thumbs up. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I guess uh, Champion Dialogue is back now that we're back to English language movies. Not yeah. that uh, sorry about Spanish month, people. That was a uh, that happened. It was a time, but thank you for surviving with us. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, so my Champion Dialogue would either be the one that I already mentioned, or it would be when um, Schaefer is speaking with the I guess uh, what's his name Bobby, like the realtor. He's oh, the realtor. the realtor. Okay, and like at some point they're talking about Dracula for whatever reason. Yeah, cause, no, because they're buying Dracula's estate. Okay, that's why. At Dracula's castle. Uh, and he's like, oh, I love Dracula. I've seen all his movies. Dracula was no legend. He was terribly real. Oh, I know. I've seen all of his movies. I'm a real fan. It's like foreshadowing to, you know, him being mauled by yeah by Blackula there. Yeah, and um, my champion dialogue. Oh, man. It's just, uh, 
there's a doctor who's kind of become the Van Helsing for these vampires because he's looking at all the uh, dead bodies and piecing together that a vampire is killing people. Yeah. Um, oh, also we didn't mention. Uh, uh, was it Julieta? Uh, Juanita. 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 Um, the cab driver. She runs down a whole hallway with her hair all frizzed out, just chasing down the ho- that Dr. Hook was freaky. Okay, that scene deserves like something for scariness. Yeah. It wasn't scary to me because I was like, this is weird. But like if I was in a dark movie theater in the seventies yeah, like it was uncanny. Like yeah. that that the imagery is interesting. It was a really good shot because I felt like they did a lot of cutbacks or cut twos. Yeah. Between him being killed and her like doing the killing. It was just a really good a good sequence, I would say. Yeah, one hundred percent. Anyway, my champion dialogue. He's um he's uh, Blackula is with this doctor and the two women at the table, in this club where the super happy dancing lady is. She's like a musketeer. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're talking because the doctor is asking Blackula's opinion about um like the dark arts like voodoo and vampirism because he's chasing down this theory. I love that conversation. Yeah, and he just says like, "Well, we can't ignore what the world characterizes as the black arts, now can we?" Like, people of our stature can't ignore the black arts. And it's just like, oh, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, there were a couple lines like that, and they were very rare in the film, but there are lines that reminded you, yes, this is a black exploitation movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we, they have to remind us that, like, oh, look at us. We're black people. Mm-hmm. But it's just the d- dumbest pun, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, it should like suffice to say this movie really does appeal to your sensibilities because you love campy and you love puns. I do. I so. love campy. I love puns. I love social commentary. It's all there for me. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, and it was just it was more fun than a regular vampire film because it wasn't so up its own butt. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that I think that draws to an end. We can shut the casket on our Blackula conversation. Take that. As loath as I am to Van stop Helsing. talking about Blackula. <laughs> oh, I loved it so much more than Dracula. I genuinely think Dracula is not a good movie by very many degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, this is a continuation of the Scream 101 donation drive. This month, if you donate to the NAACP, to the Black Lives Matter, well, I mean, Black Lives Matter, <laughs> there's no the, mm-hmm. or to the ACLU, um, you get to choose a horror movie that we review on the show. And we're going to be reviewing Dead Again soon, which was for someone who donated last month. And that's going to be really fun. And that's what I have to say about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Look forward to me donating to the LC- ACLU. So we can watch Julie and Julia. Ooh. Maybe I'll donate so we can watch Scream Blackula Scream, the sequel. That's fine. Maybe I'll donate twice. We can watch like Julie and Julia and also Gone Girl. Yeah. I mean, there's a dude on the cover of this sequel who just looks really unexcited to be there. He's like a green vampire, and he's just like, huh, ho-hum. The green vampires were an interesting aspect because they were green. Yeah. Like, why were they green? They were, like, yeah. why not blue? Well, I think they couldn't figure out, honestly, I think they couldn't figure out what makeup to put on African-American skin. Uh, because I felt like white would have been pretty effective because it makes you look paler. Yeah, I'm not saying they made the right choice, but these types of like actors and performers weren't normally in horror films and Hollywood like I think they just did it to make like to add variety. Yeah, that too. I honestly felt like that was it because like when Dracula was like introducing the uh the young African couple to uh his harem of wives, I should say. They were a variety of oh, yeah, colors, they were too. Green too. Yeah, they were they, all Caucasians. They reminded me of the uh, the assembled body at Jabba the Hutt's palace. 
Yeah. Um, we just finished the Star Wars movies, people. Yeah, I just showed Sergio the original trilogy for the first time, and it was fun. It was mm-hmm. an experience. Go Ewoks. Yeah, I like the Ewoks. There's a really sad cutaway where an Ewok dies, and his friend like prods him and is like, "Hey, wake up! Come on, let's have some more fun smashing stormtroopers." And the Ewok does not get up. And For all we know, the Ewok was just taking a rest. Okay? Yeah, it was super sad. You can though. lie to yourself the way I do during movies. Okay, Mufasa and is still alive. He just took a break one day and decided to appear in clouds, and he's in retirement. Okay, that's fair. Um, I'm gonna tell you what we're watching next week after I tell you how to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod. You can find us on Facebook at Scream101Podcast. You can email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on fa- uh, iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars so we watch more fun movies like Exactly, because we love it. Yeah. Oh, also, um, this episode's coming out on Friday the 13th, so shout out to Jason Voorhees. Exactly. Also, shout out to my friend Kyla, who is getting married today. And shout out to Brennan, who is officiating this wedding. I know. That's going to be bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I believe I'm going to be on an episode of Geek KO, which is the geek trivia podcast that I've been on several times. I previously did Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween trivia rounds that I hosted. What's this month or this episode? Uh, the episode that should be coming out today is Friday the 13th themed. Oh, cool. So so more Jason? Yeah, I'm going to do some uh, Jason trivia, and I'm super excited. Haven't recorded it yet, but I'm sure it'll be great. Just like a fun fact about Brennan, he loves Jason so much that he's contemplated naming his firstborn male that. Yeah, I'm I'm maybe thinking about maybe not naming my child after a serial killer, but I'm not Michael. totally convinced. Go with Michael better? No, I'm not as interested. You're not going to do Freddy, okay? Like You're not going to do no, that to Freddy's a child. No, Freddy's not a good name. Like, he's going to grow up to be a child murderer <laughs> if his name is Freddy. Anyway. Uh, Shout out to all the Freddies. Yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, yeah. That happens. That's also scary. Freddy's a scary name. Yeah. Um, anyway. Next week, we're going to be watching Tales from the Hood, directed by Rusty Cundiff. And that has to be a fake name. Well, it's C-U-N-D-I-E-F-F. I don't really know how to pronounce it. Okay. Cundiff. Okay. Um, I yeah. just thought the first name might have been fake. Rusty? Rusty. That's a name. Like Rusty Shackleford? Kingsley Shacklebolt? No, Rusty Shackleford. Uh, in King of the Hill, Dale oh, Grimm. I, d- I don't think we need to talk about King of the Hill. <laughs> What's wrong with King of the Hill? Ah, I just don't really like it that much. Well, you have to learn to love it. I feel okay. like you know your dad probably likes it. He's never seen it. He has great taste. I feel him. like he would love it. He was, <laughs> He's a fan of Bob's Burgers. He'll love King of the Hill. Okay, to fans of this podcast, if you've ever enjoyed the comic, the comedic stylings of Mike Judge's King of the Hill, tweet us let at Scream101Pod. But yeah, uh, next week we're watching Tales from the Hood because we're only allowed to make movies about black people if they take place in the hood. Mm-hmm. That's actually something really interesting that I've noticed. It's like the only depictions of like just African-American citizens living normal suburban lives are when they are the token characters in white suburban movies, pretty mm-hmm. much. Um, cause not counting TV because TV tends to be pretty mo- more um, egalitarian yeah and recently mm-hmm. more but like in older horror films um, like if it, if you have an all we're well, looking at a very niche genre here yeah but if you have an all African American cast pretty much all the white people who are producing will allow you to make is like oh the hood you know mm-hmm. black people yeah like Leprechaun in the Hood yeah which is actually a pretty good movie <laughs> Jennifer Aniston's in that one right no she's in the first one oh. Leprechaun is Renee Zellweger in the fourth one? 
She's in the fourth Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But I okay. appreciate that you're trying. You know what? I just I try to show that I am paying attention to this. I take this job seriously and my studies seriously. Mm-hmm. The facts just get jumbled up in there because I I understand. Because I also have to keep up with you know the mainstream media mm-hmm. and life. Also, I would like everyone in the listening audience to appreciate that I've uh, separately mentioned two Leprechaun sequels at this point. Um, I know a little bit too much about the Leprechaun franchise. But he loves it. This is his life. He lives, breathes, and poops this. I do. The other day. I like, do poop the Leprechaun I, franchise. No, like seriously, the other day I lifted up the toilet and I was like, oh, wow. You lifted cool. up the whole toilet? <laughs> it's the whole toilet. I'm that strong. You just ripped it out of the yeah, ground. I'm like water Jessica Jones everywhere. that way. I'm okay. like Jessica Jones. I lifted up the toilet. I was like, hey, <laughs> the clog was caused by the host. What a great movie. The Korean monster movie? I'm just reading your shelf right now. Okay, that's a good movie. Anyway, uh, we should have ended this episode uh, five to 60 minutes ago. So uh, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Please go check out Blackula. It was really good. Yeah, Bren's approved. Yeah, as always, uh, good luck on your journey. And stay gold, everybody. This episode was brought to you by Cupholder Radio. You can find more episodes of this show and others at cupholderradio.com or wherever podcasts are sold. Get out! The podcast is coming from inside the house. Hello there. I'm Uncle Ponyboy. Do you like suspense? Don't go in there! Buckets of blood and human excrement? Poor Gratuitous nudity with more boobies than you can handle? Let me see them. And radical hairstyles? Oh, yeah! then you should check out the Gore Gab Podcast, hosted by yours truly and DJ Gill. Hello! You can find us on the iTunes Podcast Store and on Twitter at Gore Gab Podcast. And while you're at it, go ahead and go check out cupholderradio.com. It's podcast for the weird at heart.